this is a collect call from... Polly Dietz. Do you accept the charges? Sometimes a mystery goes on for years without answers. Jack the Ripper. Roanoke. What happens to a dream deferred? Man longs for answers, but time never reveals the key to open the door. Sometimes a mystery comes to a neat conclusion. Sherlock Holmes, the mystery of blood falls, the stack of bills and the radio shed. But there's a third option. An unsatisfying end. A concrete solution to a mystery that leaves onlookers unfulfilled and vaguely angry. Like the end of Lost, sometimes the resolution feels so contrived and stupid that we can only assume it was created by a writer's room that never had any answers to begin with. And, were this mystery not happening in my very own purgatory, I would be tempted to believe the same of life around me. So as our multi-week saga comes to an end, take solace in the knowledge that none of us are satisfied with the answers we've found. None of us reached the last page and then put the book down, breathing in the contentment of a worthwhile conclusion. And, as so often happens in life, we are left to look back and wonder, what has all of this been for? After Jennifer was found, there was a huge sense of relief, and we turned back to solve the mystery of the disappearing, reappearing left shoes. We felt a celebratory sense of well-being knowing the shoe culprit was not tied to something more nefarious, but the dangling thread, or in this case, dangling lace, of a puzzle unsolved still waved in front of us, daring us to pull it. Once we found Jennifer, some of the boys felt like we should let the shoe thing go. They said, you know, we had a big scare, but we came out the other side. So let's just get back to business as usual. And that just stuck right in my craw. I mean, we've been out here for three weeks trying to figure out the who, what, and why. I'm not letting it go. I've been losing sleep. I can barely eat. My stomach's been tied up in so many knots that it should get a wilderness badge. I've got to get out there and get an answer. And i got to do it before I spend another pot pie Thursday on the stoop staring into the middle distance with no appetite and a plate getting cold on the table. But after the shoe was found in Jennifer's home, the trail went cold. No new sightings, no new leads. We all held our breath, waiting for the other proverbial and literal shoe to drop. This is a collect call from... Polly Dietz. Do you accept the charges? Davis? Hello? Davis? Sometimes you have no other choice but to let them touch the hot stove. Hello? Davis! Why'd you hang up on me? Why do you think, Polly? Oh, okay. Forgive me for not wanting to waste my minutes. What is this, 2004? Ugh, I wish. Are you kidding? Junior year of high school? I've got a driver's license and a date to see Shrek 2? Take me back, Davis. Just my emo haircut and skinny jeans. I was going down, down in an earlier round. My sugar was swinging, Davis. Why are you calling me, Polly? Did something happen? No, nothing happened. Nothing. I'm out here digging for clues in a desert. Okay, then why? Can a friend just call to say hello? You know, you always want to know what I'm doing, but you never ask how I'm doing. How are you doing, Polly? <sighs> Not good, Davis. 
I've made a lot of enemies lately. No, I don't think anyone's your enemy. You've just... You've been a little aggressive in your investigations, that's all. You don't get what you want by being sweet. Mm, you do. There's a whole saying about how you do. What saying? You catch more flies with honey than with vinegar? Ew! Why would you do that? That ruins perfectly good honey. It's a metaphor. It's a health code violation. I'm not going anywhere that has flies in all its sauces. Ugh, that's disgusting. Oh, Polly, one of us needs a vacation real bad. My wife says the same thing. Yeah, I bet. So anyway, I have a meeting this afternoon with someone that says they could tell me all the answers. Wait, really? Polly, that's huge. <laughs> not likely. I've had five meetings set up with someone claiming to have information. Two of them were no-shows, and the other three were pranks. Pranks? Yeah. Tell me to show up in the parking lot of the Wiggly at midnight, then pelt me with eggs and toilet paper. They must really want to prank me, Davis. Eggs are expensive. Oh, no. Yeah. The folks at the senior center could really hold a grudge. Okay, well, let me know how it goes, and stay safe. I will. Now look, I know Polly's been overdoing it a little out there. I know, he's been running all over town in flimsy disguises, trying to wring confessions from every person he meets. I saw people cross the street to avoid him when he brought Megan Carly over to Biscuits for brunch on Saturday. I, I mean, I get it, he's an intense guy sometimes. And you may not agree with his methods, but I'm here to tell you, his single-minded pursuit for answers is ultimately what solved this whole thing. Now, are we satisfied with the answer? No, but we have it. And that's because we have a man who cares as much for purgatory as he does for his family. He'll be a helicopter. He'll wear a fake mustache and a trench coat. He'll get banned from visiting emergency services for 90 days. He'll go to the Piggly Wiggly at midnight and get pelted with eggs and toilet paper, and then he'll do it again. And again. Whatever it takes to make you feel happy and safe. But luckily for all of us, this particular chapter is at an end. I didn't hear from Polly again that night, and after I did a quick midnight drive past the market to make sure the lot was empty, I went home and I went to bed. Hey Polly, I didn't hear from you. Uh, how'd you do last night? Fine. I did fine. Was it the seniors? No. Some kids? No. Okay, so what was it? Are you alright? I'm not great. Sheesh, what is it? I have the answers. Like, the answers? <laughs> That's incredible! Davis, you know how sometimes man looks up at the moon and thinks, Wow, what do you think is up there? It could be anything. Advanced civilizations, distant worlds, terrifying and beautiful, angels, gods. But it's just a bunch of stupid rocks in nowhere. I guess so. That's still better than what I found out there. Polly, I'm not following you, bud. Just tell me what you know. <sighs> I know we're all mortal, Davis. I know we only have so many hours, and I know I've spent too many of them focused on this. I'm taking Meg and Carly to Hershey Park. Meg and I deserve some time in the chocolate spa, and Carly wants to get her picture taken with the guy dressed up like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Okay, but... I'll give you a name. I'll give you a name, and then I'm going to go pack lunches for the car ride. All right... The avant-garde. The... The forest people? The forest people. The forest people. The avant-garde is currently following three core truisms from Jenny Holzer's neoconceptual work, which we then explore and distort as to discover the exceptional within the banal. Oh, no. 
One, symbols are more meaningful than things themselves. A shoe, for example, is a powerful symbol of humanity. While we understand the function, we're naturally predisposed to understand, or at least assume, a myriad of information about the wearer based on minute differences, just as we categorize individuals based on societal clues and prejudices. An Oxford is masculine, but intellectual. A high heel, feminine, but morally ambiguous. Uh-huh. Two. You are responsible for constituting the meaning of things. The artist can and does create with purpose, but truly each observer creates their own art when they consume and digest the art. If the observation of the art remains unconnected to the initial intention, this is not a failure, but rather a kaleidoscopic opening of the universal understanding and should be seen as a victory. I hate this. And three... Slipping into madness is valuable for the sake of comparison. In this instance, the shoe transcends boundaries, becoming the focal point in a guerrilla installation work that encompasses the surrounding human energy as an element of its expression. The shoe is the artist, the people, the art, and time is the observer. By relieving humanity of the responsibility of being the artist or the observer, we allow them the release of being art being expression, allowing them to embody the Bacnalian. You upset a lot of people. We uncovered a lot of inner human drivers. Paranoia, a need for black and white truths in a world of technicolor, fear, desire. Obviously, as we've come forward, we've decided to discontinue this particular series of work. The incident with Jennifer was unintended and veered too far from our design. So, while it did amplify the existing unrest, it did it in a way that carried an inherent moral consequence. You thought you might actually get in trouble. Art transcends punitive retaliation, but yes. So, we're refocusing on a new project. It's a fascinating deconstruction of man's- I'm not interested. So that's it. A convoluted art project. An unwilling and unknowing audience. And that's it. I warned you there would be no catharsis. Polly hasn't taken my calls since that last conversation. His outgoing message currently says, The most profound things are inexpressible, but you can try after the beep. Full disclosure, that first sentence is another one of Jenny Holzer's truisms. I don't think any of us are surprised that Polly is still reeling. Don't worry. I saw Meg posted a photo of the whole family smiling in front of the Coco Cruiser on Instagram. He'll be fine. After I got the disappointing information, I called up Bud right away. As you can imagine, he was equally crestfallen by the news. I asked if he wanted to come on one more time to say a little something to address the so-called artists, or help us all come to terms with the outcome and begin to heal. But he wasn't interested. In fact, he left me with just one quote to finish us out. I like a painting of some dogs playing poker as much as the next guy. But most of that stuff people call art goes right over my head. Nope, I can't say I've ever really understood art. But if that's what art is, I hate it. I'll be back in two weeks. Back to my regularly scheduled news and announcements trying to forget that any of this ever happened. Feel free to express your displeasure to Marty at purgatorynewsonline at gmail.com 
or to send your well wishes to Jennifer the Goose, who I'm told has been a little bit sad after her stint in rehab. This is Davis Clarence broadcasting out of the abandoned high school radio shed, reminding you that if the shoe fits, it's probably yours. Why'd you take your shoes off? It's a public space, you creep. This episode was written and recorded by Aaron Olson and edited by Stephen Dion. Polly Dietz was played by Michael Coyne. Sheriff Bud Wilkins was played by Christopher Iannucci. The representative of the avant-garde was played by Kelly Olson. <laughs>